struggling with your faith? You're not the only one. You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show. Folks, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're live right here in Southern Ontario on Joy 1250. We have been having a very lighthearted show for the most part, and uh, it's time to change gears a little bit. Still lighthearted because I know this lady is lighthearted, but the subject is a little more intense. According to her Wikipedia page, Tori Christman is a prominent American critic of Scientology and former member of the organization, Scientology, originally brought up to believe in Catholicism. Uh, Christman turned to Scientology after being introduced to the book Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, The Modern Science of Mental Health. While she was in college, she identified with concepts described in the book, including the idea of attaining the Scientology state of clear, uh, which is a, I think, proactive. Is that a... Yes. That's the new product out there that helps? Yes. With that? You, write, you wipe the book on your face and your acne <laughs> goes away. Um... And she became a member of the organization in 1969. Good night, 69. She hitchhiked from uh, Chicago to L.A., California, in order to begin the process of studying Scientology and initially felt that it helped improve her life. In 1972, she joined the elite division within Scientology called the Sea Org. Johnny Quest, was he a part of that? I think so. <laughs> Uh, after being a member of the Scientology organization for 10 years, uh, Chrisman reached the spiritual operating Satan level of OT3. Dun, dun, dun. And no, OT7. I'm not at that part yet, Tim. And learned oh. the story of Xenu. And uh, subsequently rose to a higher operating level. Anyway, enough about her background. Let's talk to the lady herself. She's a lot of fun, and she joins us on the line right now. Tori Christman, ex-Scientologist. How do you feel about that title? Are you okay with people calling you? Oh, that's the ex-Scientologist. I'm fine with it, Drew. Hi, how are you, and how's everybody going up there? We are going well. Yeah, having a good I time. I know, that's... <laughs> you, sound, you sound like an Australian. How you going? How you going, mate? How you going? What's happening? So, listen, I've got so many questions for you. I don't, I don't even know where to start. Let's, ju- let's start with the plug. If you go to YouTube and type in uh, Tori Magoo 44, that's T-O-R-Y-M-A-G-O-O 44, you will find all of her videos. And uh, Tori uh, looks like she's going to be one of the guests at the... Uh, one of the largest gatherings of Scientology critics and ex-Scientologists called Getting Clear. It's a Getting Clear conference, June 22nd to 26th at the Sheraton Toronto Airport Hotel and Conference Center. Gettingclear.co is a website you want to go to to check out details there and find out all the other speakers. Last week we had Tony Ortega and Paulette Cooper on our show, and this week it's, uh, it's Tori. Now listen, Tori, first of all, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um... I know that the group Anonymous, 2008, they started targeting uh, Scientology. Do you think Anonymous has done any damage to Scientology? There's no question about it. I, start, I escaped out in 2000, July of 2000, and I used my own name. I knew nothing about the Internet. And back then there were maybe five to ten people that were actually saying their own name. There were a lot of critics on, against Scientology, but... You know, the media people actually saying who they were were very few people. Once Anonymous hit in 2008, we had a picket, and literally in L.A., there, where I live, there were 500 people picketing. We went from, like, 10 people picketing to 500, and there were 9,000 around the world picketing in every major city around the world. And the next day, 
people started coming out saying their names, writing books. The media started doing real interviews on both sides versus just Scientology's PR side, which was had happened from 2000 to 2008. So it was a major change. But I have heard that Anonymous has really, really brought down... I mean, they may have brought awareness to the the case against Scientology, but, you know, you, you, I don't think you can say they brought them down. They're not really... They haven't been brought no, no, down, no. right? No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're brought down. But what I did say, my analogy for any of your listeners is it's like the Truman Show. If you've ever seen that movie with Jim Carrey where he's, he's, in, he's a, a star of a TV show, but he's the only person who doesn't know it. So just like the same, your listeners are, you know, they've watched the Internet. They've read the Internet. They know more than the people in the Scientology Truman Show. Mm -hmm. So Anonymous brought this awareness that is now on the Internet. Now, I always say there's tons and tons of people who helped bring that awareness up to where Anonymous could do what they did. So it wasn't just Anonymous, and no, they haven't brought down the church because it's still there. It's still going. But their power really got diminished because, you know, people got to hear the other side of it, which sure. before that, most of the media were not talking about. If Scientology changed a couple of things, I don't know, ten things, whatever, if they changed a few things, Tori... With, could could you see them as a respectable and legit organization? For me, 100% no, because the policies themselves negate that. Some it, other people will say you could, but I don't think so. Because in the beginning, there were only really three things that you were sort of speaking out against. It was breaking up families. It was, I'm trying to remember what they were, but I remember watching a video where you were standing out in front of, you know, being at uh, one of the places, one of their headquarters, no, what, churches, and uh, somebody was interviewing you, and you were kind of speaking out against three main things. They were breaking up families. What were the other ones? Control. Breaking up families, stopping free speech, and the use of fair game where L. Ron Hubbard said you can lie, cheat, steal, destroy someone utterly, which they're positive, and so was I, that it, that was canceled. The fact is, Fair Game was never canceled. The title, Fair Game, was canceled. Right. At the bottom of that policy, it says this does not apply to suppressive people. And to anyone listening, if you don't know that, they actually declare people suppressive that they don't want people hearing about. And they and then you're not allowed to talk to those people. It's a high crime. I think I've been declared suppressive because I used to be able to, to uh, <laughs> chat with the Yvette Shank from the... Um, Canadian headquarters here. She's the president of Scientology Canada, and now she doesn't talk to me anymore. I have no doubt, Drew, that you're probably declared suppressive. They have gone away. David Miscavige, who runs the church now, has gone off the charts on declaring people char uh, suppressive. Um, what what really is wrong with like you're a child of the '60s, right? I mean, absolutely, two, two th I'm a hippie. Right. So there's two things about you that are interesting here. Well, there are many things that are interesting, but these two things. <laughs> um, number one, you you're part of this, you know, kumbaya, hug a tree, you know, <laughs> right? And let li live and let live and love everybody. <laughs> Why can't you just get all kumbaya about these guys? Just let them go and be do their silly little things and just leave them alone. Well, I'll tell anybody from any other religion, if you're okay with these things, then we have a different conversation. The abuses that I speak out against, I don't really speak out against Scientology itself. I don't care. People can believe whatever they want to believe. I could stand outside McDonald's 
can probably get more people healthier than I can picketing Scientology. Mm, that's a good right? point, yeah. But, so, you know, I don't care about that, but the abuses is what I speak out about, which is stopping free speech, breaking up families, fair game, medical abuse. Remember, I have epilepsy. They made me get off my medical my medicine that controlled epilepsy. I had massive grand mal seizures and, as a result, lost my short-term memory, which, thank goodness, my mother saved my life on that one, hmm. saying they're going to kill you. Hmm. Okay, well, the other side of this is, being a child of the 60s, you have, from, from the time of early years in your life, you know, the teenage to early 20 years, you've been protesting something all the time. That's what you guys did back then, and you've been doing this ever since. So have you ever protested anything else? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I protested the Vietnam War. I've, right. Pretty much any of the wars I've protested. So I guess someone, someone, major protest. someone could look at you and go, oh, she's just one of those people, you know. There are those people, you know, the category, those people. There are those people that they're just going to, they're always going to protest something. And that's just her thing, you know. And she's an ex this. And obviously if you're an ex this, you're going to protest, protest this. If I was an ex Catholic and I got you know, sick and tired. Let's say my children were abused by some priest or something. And, you know, and I was a protester. I'd protest this and people, you know, so it, it, in some ears, in some brains, some people kind of listen to, to you and your story and they kind of go, well, I mean, maybe she's just disgruntled. You know, how do we really know that what she's saying is true? Well, here's my general response. If you can't come over and talk to me or look at even the information that I have and discuss it, then that I rest my case. You know, you're not, it isn't just that I'm a disgruntled person. Mm. They've run a program on me for, you know, for years trying to what they call black PR, which is spread stuff to muzzle Tory, right? And one of the, those things is, oh, she's just one of those people. You know, it's always something, right? I, I say, my door's open. Come on in. I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to talk to you right now. They won't. They'll, mm. they'll put me down. They'll put other people down. They cannot. They can only see what's in the Truman Show. Now, for you, you say, okay, but I'm not in the Truman Show, but you still look, you sound like a dis disgruntled person. Okay, I said I'm against the abuses. You don't, you're for those abuses? Me? No. Yeah, no. No, but what in, or, in order to come into that conversation, I have to believe that those abuses have taken place and i can't believe that those abuses have taken place unless i have witnessed uh those uh, you know those things personally you know it's just the way i am being part of the media thing here where i listen I told, I i've heard so many stories over the years and you know you just kind of roll your eyes at some of them so mm. did you see going clear no i haven't seen that yet and i've, I've got to um i've got to get that because uh, a few people have said uh that it was actually very very well done you saw it obviously I know everyone in it. It's fantastic, and I can say without question, I was out on the streets talking to people before going clear, hmm. and most of them are exactly like you. It's sort of like, roll your eyeballs. Okay, we know, we've heard about it forever. That's her opinion. Yeah. After seeing going clear, people have come up to me, hugged me, thanked me, called me from Hawaii. You know, it's just been incredible because people get it. They get it. After seeing eight different people... What the kids told me after the first showing was, we've heard of the folklore of Scientology forever. We know about Xenu even, but we never saw eight people, how they got in, what happened when they were in, and how they got out.
And that's what Go and Clear shows you. Uh, folks, we're on the phone with Tori Christman. She is a an ex-scientologist. Do you prefer former Scientologist or ex-Scientologist? No, no, no. I'm an ex-Scientologist. Okay. What's the difference between a former and an ex? I don't, I don't understand. I, you can say you can say former. I'm fine with either one. <laughs> okay. It's just I always say ex-Scientologist. I, I started saying that when I left, and that's how I feel. I'm not... Like, former is sort of like I was, and it's still okay, right, but right. I'm on to something else. I'm like, mm-mm. Ain't okay. I'm not doing it. <laughs> not now. Not ever. <laughs> um, what year did Elron Hubbard die in? It was was that not in the eighties? There's got to be something yeah, that I, happened in the eighties. I know it. It was in eighty six. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously you were around then. Did you and Elron Hubbard used to hang out at all together? Were you? <laughs> no. 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 He was always out on the ship doing research. Now you have to remember, I came from San Francisco, being a hippie, almost immediately into Scientology, and back in 69, it wasn't that far of a leap. Now, people think, because they've heard of Xenu, that everybody in Scientology, that's what it's about, but it isn't. Hmm. Most people, if you think of a triangle, 90% of the people have never and will never hear of Xenu that are in Scientology. Let's talk about some of the terms uh, that I've heard uh, you know, thrown around. First of all, uh, as I understand it, when I had the president of Scientology Canada here, by the way, they invited me to the L. Ron Hubbard's 100th birthday party in Toronto. And oh, I, I'm sure. And I know you've heard this time and time again, you know, when people say, they're really nice people. Oh, yeah. And they are. I mean, you know, if, it was they, a, if they were jerks, that would be a horrible sales campaign, Right. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. yeah, that's why people stay. That's why I stayed for 30 years. People say, how could you have stayed for 30 years? And A, I say, have you seen the Truman Show? Mm. Because that sort of demonstrates how you can be so shut off. But B, it's like I stayed mostly because of the people. The people are really nice. The bad part is mainly the guys that run it. Okay, so I, I, I said this to uh, Tony and to Paulette last week. I, I'm not... This is not a fair thing for anybody to do. If, if people judge me on one video clip that they saw of me online, I wouldn't want that to necessarily happen. I'd want someone to get to know me first. But from the very little I know about David Miscavige, is it Miscavige or Scavage? Mis Miscavige. Miscavige. From the very little I know of him and have seen of him, he just seems like a short man with an attitude. You got it. And I've, I'm 6'4". I've met a lot of short guys with attitudes. Tim, what was the name of that wrestler that hung up on us? Uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Short man with an attitude. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. That, that's one of the best descriptions I've heard of David Miscavige. He's yeah. a short man with a very bad attitude. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I really would like to hang out with him to... To try to uh, give him the benefit that I find that whenever I don't like somebody, if I spend a little time with them, I find out real quick whether I was right or not. You see, right? Um, so you're saying that it's just the it's the folks at the top uh, that are kind of you know spoiling. Well, it having for been in it for thirty years and known a lot of the people, including Seor, which are the guys that are in the Navy uniforms for people that don't know, and the staff and the public. Most of them are very good people. Granted, they're following along this crazy program, and they're not allowed to get out of the Truman Show and look at the facts. For most of the people listening, you have access to the Internet and probably always have all of your lives. So it's sort of like, what's wrong with this person? 
But you have to remember in 69, there was no internet. There was no access to it. Right. You had to literally leave the church and go over to these evil, suppressive people, knowing that you would then be declared suppressive, and thus you'd lose your family and your friends, and on and on and on. I've often often said on the show, because we've spoken to many people from many different faiths and their stories and journeys, that the sign of a bad group of people is that when you leave that group of people, they uh, reject you. They ban you. They, you know, if you decide to leave, how they treat you after you leave will confirm whether you were with a bad group of people or not. That is such a great way of saying it. Thank you very much, Drew. And, I, and in, a, in, a, in my own way, I've kind of said something similar, but it's very, you really, really nailed it. It's, it, it's sort of like, like I said, my door's open. You can come anytime. I'll talk to you. Theirs is not. They have to put me down, you down, anyone else that's saying anything that they don't want heard. You will hear something being, you know, said about them negatively if not a huge master program on them. That's sort of checkmate to me. Yeah. Because if you can't talk to me, it's checkmate. I can talk to you. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Exactly. Okay. So when I was speaking with the president of Scientology Canada, Yvette Shank, who I thought was, I think, still think is a very lovely lady, um, she was explaining to me, you know, the terms. And, and one of the terms, which I think for Christians, we, you know, the, the Jesus people per, kind of perked their ears up a little bit at it because it sounds like Satan, which is ironic, uh, what is a Thetan? T-H-E-T-A-N. Right. They, they pronounce it Thetan, and they, Hubbard said, we all, we're not our bodies, we're not our minds, right? We are spiritual beings, and he called a spiritual being a Thetan. So, right? so, so instead of a soul thing. or a spirit, it's a Thetan? Right. And, and we always used to joke, even when I was in, that he had a list, so he was really saying Satan, <laughs> but he... <laughs> <laughs> but he couldn't say it, so he said Satan. <laughs> oh, don't be such a Satan. Don't be such a Satan. <laughs> um, and 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 you 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 reach certain levels of Satan Sataness Sataninity Satan what? How well, do... not really. I mean, they 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 have OT level. Oh, what okay. happened is he he wrote Dianetics. This is a simple nutshell thing. He wrote Dianetics, where he said you have two minds: the reactive mind, the analytical mind. The analytical mind is like a computer. The reactive mind stores all the bad things. In Dianetics, he said, if you use it, you can erase your reactive mind and thus get rid of all these negative things, which is not true. And there, I have yet to meet eight at one clear. I've yet to meet anybody that really is clear per the original definition, which was you have a perfect mind, a perfect IQ, no pains, and no somatics. So then when the first clear they had a big event here in the Sheride auditorium years and years ago and hubbard asked the first clear what's the color of my tie and when they couldn't say it you know that was really bad news because they were supposed to have a perfect memory so from that he jumped to creating these ot levels which were top secret totally confidential nobody knows what they are you don't know what they are when you're in you have to just keep on going. It's like the mind, con that's why I call it a mind control train. It's like you get on the train, you think you're going to get off at the next stop. They're like, uh-uh, no way. You have to get clear before you can get off. And you're like, ah, oh, well, okay. So you start paying money to get clear. But you're surrounded by people going, oh, I got clear. I'm so great. I'm so happy. And don't look at those evil things by those people because they are really bad. And Hubbard said you will never get free if you talk to those evil people. 
And he does. He builds it in all the time. You've got to stay in the path, right? So that we're on the path. You get off the path. If Drew's off the path, you better ride up Drew so he can get fixed so he's back on the path. <laughs> wow. You know, there's, there, know. Are, there are actually a lot of parallels, I think. And, and, Tim, you might agree with me on this. There are interesting parallels within the Christian community and the Scientology community. Do you hear some of the parallels as she's explaining that? Yeah, and also the Mormon community. Yes. There are different levels of stuff. Yeah. Um, but even even the whole, um, you know, uh, and every... Tri what we're talking about here, uh, Tori, is tribal conditioning. Oh, yeah. And, and every tribe has their own uh, conditioning parameters or rules or sure. programs. Um, the Scientologist community just happens to, you have to pay money for that. And again, somebody's going to say, well, you know, you, you have to give money to the church, too. You know, you, well, no, you don't really. I mean, you can, like I put in a 50 and took out two 20s one day. Did you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so, I, I, you know, it is a money-making. So let's talk about terms. Is it a religion? Is it a cult? Is it a business? Is it a multi-level marketing? I mean, what is it? Well, this is based on my experience in and out. And to me, it's really absolutely not a religion because religion, I, although now I've really had to clear the religion because of a lot of different people, but to me, having grown up as a Catholic and even with Christians, religion has faith in it. And there's no faith in Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard said it's a science of the mind. But dig this, you can't ever question it. That's a high crime. So it's very tricky. So it basically is faith, but it isn't faith. And if it is faith, faith in what? They always say, you're, you're you know, attacking my faith. What faith? Who, who do you have faith in? There's no God. Hubbard was against religion. He was against angels. He was against Jesus Christ. You know, he is so, they are so far from Christianity. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. Because they're after Christians. They say, oh, we're a non-denominational religion. Anyone can come in. We're this, we're that, plus we're Scientologists. That's not true. The higher up you get, the more you realize, uh-uh, that's going down the drain. You can't be doing that and Scientology. And that's why Tom Cruise, that's why Anonymous took him on. Because somebody leaked that video, you're either in or you're out. And that is such a true statement. And that's Tom Cruise saying it. And they ordered that off YouTube. And that's what brought about Anonymous. Because they said, you don't own the Internet. Wow. Um, <laughs> is that too much? No, no, this is great. Let's just talk about some of the celebrities, okay? Because, you know, I interview celebrities about what they believe spiritually, not because they're, they're any different than any other human being. It's just that people in this North American culture perk up when you hear that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Absolutely. Nobody would care if Tim the Tool, sitting across the board from me here, is a Scientologist. Nobody cares about Tim the Tool, right, Tim? Nobody, especially Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie doesn't care at all. <laughs> Stephanie's our intern, and we, we punked her on the show earlier today and phoned her and said that Tim was in a car accident. She didn't care. <laughs> she went, oh, sorry, I can't come in to help. Yeah. Anyway, Aww. who, who uh, did you hang out with any of them? Do you know? I like, let's, let's do some name dropping. I did. I helped supervise John Travolta when he first got in, and he got welcome back Cotter. So it was really, he was one of their first big celebrities. So what you're saying is he got into Scientology when he was on Welcome Back Cotter? No, 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 before. He got in Scientology before. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And he, while while he was on course, he got the part yeah. on Welcome Back Carter. And so he was like one of their biggest, if not the biggest celebrity they had. So it was like, you know, you joined us and look what happened. Oh. 
like a selling exactly. point. Oh, right. I see. They started pushing that very quickly. And as Alex Gibney in Going Clear points out, these gentlemen, you know, Tom Cruise and John Travolta, have a responsibility to let people know what's going on, and they haven't. Yeah. They haven't at all. So did Tom, Cruise's, did Tom Cruise's career get uh, amazing after he became a Scientologist as well? Well, it does in a way because you have to look at around the world, they have this red carpet treatment. Now, Scientology is dwindling. As much as they say they're expanding, go look in any of their buildings. They're pretty much empty. People can have access to the Internet now, and tons of us have left. All of the, all of the clears, the first ten clears are out. All of Hubbard's original staff are out. All of their top auditors are out. Wow. You know, it's like all, so there's a lot of facts on the Internet that you can hear from people that did it. They experienced it. They it's, were Sea Org. You know, I mean, they ran the church. Marty Rathbun ran, helped David Miscavige run the church, and he is now out. It sounds like the closer you get to Miscavige, the, the more you want out. Absolutely. I was on OT7, which is the second to the top level, if you think of it like a triangle, and Miscavige came in, ordered everything. We had a lot of fun stuff. We were staying at a motel that they changed into one of their churches but at the time it was a motel and it was like it was like camp we were having a great time we went twice a year and we'd all meet we'd have a lot of fun he he came and he said the party is over that's it we're done with all this bullshit you're cutting your hair you're all going to look professional we're after the doctors dentists basically people with a lot of money that was it you know and he made that very clear one of my friends was in the sea org and asked him mr miscavige would you like a different fork and he said, I don't like the way that guy said that. Put him on the RPF, which is their personal slave camp that they put Sea Org members, only Sea Org members, but still, it's awful. And they put him on it. And he threw him on the RPF, it's, which is a rehabilitation project for us, which nothing could be farther from the truth. And well, see, churches, real churches like Christians, they don't have an RPF. Well, they, they have their own subtle social way of, um, you know, shunning people. That's for sure. Yes, but, it, but it's not like if you leave, you're going to lose all. I lost all of my 30-year friends and my husband of 27 years overnight. Is he still in, your husband? Yes. He was born in it. His parents were in it. Right. What about that actress who just bailed from... Uh, Lee Remini? Yeah. Lee Remini. Leah. Yeah. Um, She's doing great. Most of the people that leave, most of yeah. the celebrities, look at Nicole. Her, her, Nicole Kidman, her whole career took off after she left Scientology. Oh, that's the opposite. You know, Paul Haggis is doing great. You know, a lot of people who leave, they do great. Yeah. You know, Jason Begay is on Chicago. You see, the thing I said last time, last week when I was interviewing Tony Ortega and Polly Cooper was that I don't normally want to hear from people who have left certain religions because it turns into a, you know, just a pooping contest. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and, yet, and yet here I am with you guys. And, and one of the reasons I... Aww, I, I do you feel like I've been a, in a pooping contest? No, no, no. But you know what I mean. <laughs> it's so easy. Look, I think the, the, the average person hears that someone has left some organization. And obviously, they ha- the reason they left is because they weren't happy. And now they're sharing why they weren't happy. And, and that's really the end of the story. But you guys are basically all trying to say, no, it's not just about the fact we weren't happy. This is an unhealthy organization. This is, you know, 
So you're kind of fighting back against their um, their campaigns that they do. I mean, what was the what was the craziest thing? We talked to Paula Cooper last week in her stories. Oh my goodness, of of them harassing her. Uh, were you harassed? Oh, I, I was harassed. I'm still harassed to this day. They have a flat out lies about me on my inter- on the internet. They printed out that three page um, flat out lies. My next door neighbor happened to be at the time an ex Jehovah's Witness, and I so he and I would talk about shunning and da da da. And I say, look, if they ever do anything weird, come let me know. I woke up one morning and there was a huge stack of papers on my dining room table, and I said to my roommate at the time, "What's this?" And he said, "I don't know." My the roommate brought or the next door neighbor brought him over. It was they had gone around to every single house in my neighborhood with these three pages of lies about me and put them on the doorstep. And my and my neighbor went around and picked them up and brought them over to me. And I made a video about it. I read it and told the truth about it. That's, that's crazy. Because I knew if I didn't, they'd do it again. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But isn't it, I mean, I, again, last week, I keep referring to last week, but I've, I've been saying that the ultimate equalizer in this whole scenario, fighting back against Scientology when they're trying to do stuff to you, is the Internet these days. I mean, it's an, it's an equalizer, is it not? Sure, absolutely. And that's true for any totalitarian organization. And it's one, people from all different cults now write me and say, you know, we were watching your videos laughing, thinking, oh, my God, look how horrible Scientology is. And then they say, and we realized we're in a cult, too. Yeah. And now we're free. You know, and that, how great is that? Well, um, I think Tori will, uh, will hopefully be one of the guests at the uh, upcoming, well, it's one of the largest oh, gatherings. Wonderful. One of the largest gatherings of Scientology critics and ex-Scientologists, the Getting Clear Conference, June 22nd to 26th at the Sheraton Toronto Airport Hotel and Conference Center. Gettingclear.co is the website. The Getting Clear Conference is planned by John Atak and Professor uh, Jim Beverly. Uh, Jim's a buddy of mine. John is author of A Piece of Blue Sky and one of the most famous uh, books on Scientology, of course. Uh, Professor Beverly has been studying Scientology since 1978, and he has uh, lectured on Scientology at various international conferences. So it'll be quite a thing to go to. So check out that website. Again, it's called gettingclear.co, not C-O-M. On the phone, just about to say goodbye to Tori Chrisman. Tori, uh, you know, it, it's, it must be painful. I mean, this is a decent-length interview, but when, he, when people phone you and do interviews and they're only 10 minutes i mean you've got there's so much to talk about there is but i say to people all the time read look listen learn both sides and then make up your own mind you know because with i know and you have to think about this this is the real checkmate why can't scientology say that yeah i can walk up and i'll go don't talk to her and i'm like wait a minute you have free speech you can talk to me i'm you know, I'm just walking up, and they start locking people in their buildings. It's like, really? And this is a church? I don't think so. Anonymous used to go, three minutes, she shut him down. I went to Ireland, one minute, she shut him down. You know, and that's just me walking up. The tipping that's point, the, I know everybody asks you this in these interviews, but the tipping point for you to, to get out, was it a gradual slow burn, or was it one big boom, I'm out of here? Definitely, it was a gradual show, slow burn, and I did not. I was. They were sending me out to handle all these critics, and I would go out, and I would not. They would yell all these facts, and I would think, Psh, that's not true, it's not true, it's not true. 
But finally, a couple people were really nice to me, which is why I always say to people, if you want to help someone wake up from any cult, say it with kindness. Think about music. Music can come under doors, through walls, into your heart. And if you speak that way, people can hear you. If you're yelling facts, it doesn't matter how awful the facts are, people can't hear it. Yeah, in the Christian scene, they used to call that love bombing. (laughs) That's a little different than what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, one guy just asked me, if you're free, why can't you read certain books? But he said it very nicely. Sure. He wasn't love-bombing me at all. He was no. just asking me a question. Yeah, it's called manners, I think. Yeah. yeah. He said it in a very kind way, so I could hear it, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Tim, do you have something important to say? Yeah, it was someone, someone quantified it by saying you can never win anybody over by telling them they're wrong. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to look at it. Um, Tori... You know, when people leave, leave some organization, yours is a little different because you can't, I, I'm not sure we can say you left a faith because there's no faith. So you yeah. left an organization, true? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. absolutely. So normally I'll say to people, hey, uh, you know, when you left that organization, or when you left that faith, did you, did you, did you ever consider a new faith? Um, you left Catholicism. Have you, ever, have you ever considered going back to that? Or like, what have you done with, with God stuff in the meantime? Okay, here's the thing. I'm out of Scientology because of God. Huh. That's, that was the original thing that helped me and has continued to help me throughout all of this. I've got a lot of people attack me, a lot of lies written about me. I have faith in higher powers. Mm-hmm. I do. And, and that line is very strong for me. Am I uh, in any organized religion? No. Mm-hmm. Will I ever be? No. Because of what I've been through. Sure, how could you trust again? Other people can't be. I'm just saying, for me, it's just too difficult. But I definitely have a line in with God, and I keep it in with God, and it's wonderful. I've been, I have a line of protection around me, and I, and I thank, I give thanks every day for that. Listen to you dropping the preach it, girl. The hedge of protection stuff. That's that's kind of cool. You know, people can laugh at me. All my atheist friends, they laugh at me, and I go, go ahead. You know, as I told my roommate, you don't know. He was dying, and I said, you know what? You don't know, and you won't know until you're dead. And I said, but when you're dead, believe me, I want you to come back here and give me a call. Let me know you made it to the other side. And two days after he died, he died of lung cancer, and he was an ex-Sea Org member. Two days after he died, my phone rang. It said, John Drees. And I went, all right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Tori, we've, we've got to hang out sometime. You just seem like a ball of fun. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tori. Thank you. Great questions. Thank you for the interview. I really appreciate it. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Tori Christman on the Drew Marshall Show, ex-Scientologist. That's what you call it. Sick of your pastor, minister, rabbi, or imam preaching every single weekend? Want to get rid of them? Then it's time to give them the Cranberry Village experience. Look, we all know they deserve to get away from you for the weekend, but you need to give us the inside scoop. So to nominate your pastor and their spouse to win an $1,800 weekend away at Cranberry Village, simply go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Then fill out the form and explain why you want to get rid of your pastor. Then on July 25th, we'll randomly draw the winner, which means that the more individual submissions from your church, the greater chance of your pastor winning this. 
a getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a two-night stay at the Living Water Resort in a one-bedroom condo, a round of golf for two with a lesson from the golf pro, spa session for two, dining for two at Memories Restaurant or Agua Tapas and Wine Bar, bicycle rentals, and boating for two. This prize package is valued at over $1,800. But wait, there's more. We'll also read the top 12 stories during our shows in July. You know, the stories that made us laugh, cry, or stand in awe of your pastor. Then we'll randomly draw from these 12 stories on July 25th, and the winner, with one of the best reasons to get rid of their pastor, will win this. A getaway for two at Cranberry Village, which includes a one-night stay at the Living Water Resort, deluxe room, plus one of the following. A round of golf with cart for two, a spa session for two, outdoor bicycle and marina experience, or dining for two at Memories Restaurant and Agua Tapas and Wine Bar. This prize package is valued at over $500. Let's be honest, it really is time to get rid of your pastor for a weekend. For more information, go to drewmarshall.ca and click on the man being thrown from a cliff. Remember, the more individual submissions from your church, the greater chance of your pastor winning an $1,800 weekend get away at Cranberry Village in Collingwood. Submissions will be accepted until June 30th, 2015. One submission per person.